Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Adventure Audio Podcast. This is our first episode of 2021 uh, with a guest. So this is an interview with Ryan Atkins, who is an ultra runner, an obstacle course racer, cyclist, and all-around badass from Canada. He's an absolutely awesome guy. We had a great conversation with him about a whole bunch of his adventures. Um, if it's extremely difficult physically, it's probably something that Ryan's into doing. He was also a participant uh, in last year's Eco Challenge Fiji, uh, racing with Team Canada Adventure to second place, which is really, really cool amongst all of his other really interesting accomplishments. And he's really just right in it um, right now. He's he's kind of in the peak of his athletic career. So. Um, we're very grateful to have him catch up with us. He also shares with us a story about Everesting on foot. I know on this podcast, we've talked a lot about Everesting uh, on the bike and Ryan actually set the world record doing it running up and down a local ski hill, which is pretty bonkers. So an absolutely great conversation. We really enjoyed having having it with him and we're looking forward to following along with uh, everything that Ryan's up to. You can follow him at Ryan Atkins Diet on Instagram is the main way to catch up with what he's doing. Um, thank you everybody for listening. We greatly appreciate that at the uh, beginning of here of 2021. We hope that you're all well and safe. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, the best way for you to do so is to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you find the show on. That helps other people discover Adventure Audio which we greatly appreciate. We are also, I would like to tell you about a bicycle camp slash tour uh, that we're intending to run in the middle of August uh, in the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia, which is an absolutely awesome area in the Kelowna area. So we're gonna try and do that on August 13, 14, 15. We would love it if you could join us and ride some road bikes and have some food and drink some beer. It's gonna be an awesome time. Of course, that's if we're able to do so due to COVID um, and we're gonna follow along that really closely, but we've got some policies built around that to make sure that everybody's whole and taken care of in case we need to postpone that a little bit, but we're currently hoping to do that in mid-August. You can find out everything that you need to know about that at adventureaudiopodcast.com if you click on the events link uh, or just reach out to us, adventureaudiopodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you about anything related to that or to the podcast or any of our guests or anything else. If you just want to hit us up, uh, please do so. So uh, on to Ryan Atkins and a brief message from our sponsor, the Spandex Panda. Ciao amici, riding bikes inside postcards with friends across gentle rolling hills, stopping at cafes for a quick cappuccino or enjoying a little pizza. We enjoy our adventure no matter where our bicycle takes us. So what do we wear? Simple, something with a bit of style. Add a little fashion into your adventure. Merino is always a smart choice. It's soft on the skin, a natural material and does not need to be washed as often as that synthetic stuff. Love to travel? Love to ride your bike and enjoy the local culture no matter where in the world you are? From adventure to a prey, we have you covered. We learn from the past to design the future. Style designed for adventure. What else would you wear? The Spandex Panda Collection. Uh, where do we? So you're in uh, eastern Canada, is that right? Well, Quebec? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the eastern townships here in, right. in Quebec, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. Love yeah, it here. I grew up uh, just to the south there, and just north of Boston. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. So uh, I assume it's cold and pretty chilly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was like, um, what was it, like five degrees Fahrenheit yesterday here, and so out running, and all your yeah. eyelashes are getting all frosty and stuff, so. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I that time it. of year. That's awesome. Yeah. So, well, first of yeah. all, thank you very much for joining us on uh, relatively short notice. We really yeah. appreciate it. Um, no. I've kind of followed along with some of your exploits for a little while now, and I thought you'd be a super cool guest to have on, because we talk about all the kinds of things that you do. Um, cool. the one that really jumped out was Everesting on foot. That seemed particularly insane, but we can, <laughs> we can, <laughs> we can get to that. Um, cause we've been following along, like obviously Everesting's really blown up in the cycling world, which we, which we follow along with pretty closely. So we've had, uh, we've had some people on who've done the Everesting, but, uh, doing it on foot is a whole nother animal. Um, but to tell us <laughs> yeah. about so, your, sort of your background and how did you yeah. even get into this kind of stuff? Exactly. Oh, my background. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing all sorts of fun stuff for many years. Uh, when I was in high school, I actually was really into unicycling randomly. So I was doing really? trials and mountain unicycling and I was like world champion at trials unicycling and unicycle high jump, which sounds completely bizarre, but it was, it's a, it's a random niche sport and it was a lot of fun and it's kind of like a session sport. So you're trying things over and over and over again. Um, and uh yeah from there i got into mountain bike racing so i raced mountain bikes for a while um kind of mostly in canada it was super fun and then uh, while i was going to university at the same time and then after that i got into ultra running um and from there i got into ocr and obstacle racing and uh, mountain running and all that fun stuff and the great thing about obstacle racing is it lets me do other stuff for training so i like I love ice climbing and rock climbing and I still do a lot of cycling uh, for training and stuff. So it's kind of, um, yeah, it's a really fun sport because it allows you to kind of dip your toes in other things. And uh, it really rewards like all round athleticism because you have to be able to run up a mountain, but then you have to pick up a bucket and run up a hill with it. Or you have to go through, uh, you know, something where you're climbing using your arms and your fingers and stuff. So yeah, that's kind of a, a short uh, condensed version of my um, athletic career, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's neat. So your your weeks look uh, your training weeks. You you get to sprinkle in a lot of different activities. It sounds like. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'd Good say I do about yeah maybe sixty percent running, um, like forty uh, percent cycling, and then maybe three or four hours of strength training and. Um, other things like, <laughs> like, yeah, like rock climbing or yeah, a lot of fun. Great. 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 And you, <clears throat> we heard you did the eco challenge this last in, in Fiji. Yeah. Yeah. I got I'd to love to hear about that challenge. It yeah. was, uh, it was wild. It was such a fun event. Um, two of the guys on my team, they had done the last one that was in Fiji back in like 2002, I think. Yeah. And, uh, they said, uh, they had dropped out of that race because they got kind of jungle foot rot and um right it's just it's just so gnarly uh (laughs) so uh they said ryan why don't you come and do it with us it'd be a lot of fun and so i said yeah sure um and i went it was uh took our team about seven days to complete the race we finished second which was pretty awesome amazing Um, congratulations yeah yeah nice job 
and because I watched uh, it and it looked brutal. <laughs> it looked brutal when we had Mark and Travis Macy on the podcast as well after they did it, and it just sounded so hard, like the environment. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was really cool. It was. There's so many. The thing about adventure racing is you're you're always like doing something different. And as soon as you get, start getting really bored of like one task, you'd like switch it up or like something happens or you get lost. Or, so as much as it is like a long race and it's really, um, you have to kind of like, Oh, you're like, Oh great. Now I have to like ride my mountain bike for the next 12 hours or something. Um, at the end of that, you get to like go whitewater rafting or something really cool. So, yeah. uh, it's pretty engaging and just, it's just a lot of fun. I think the hardest thing is the sleep deprivation. Um, we basically that the last like four days, I think we slept like about an hour total. Um, Ooh. and we were just, <laughs> by the wow. end, we were, we were, we were pretty smoked. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah had, had you ever done anything like that before with that, in, that included such, such sleep deprivation? I had done, um, I had done a Untamed New England, which is an adventure race in the Northeast. Uh, I'd done that like maybe four or six years ago. I can't remember. Um, and that was my only other like multi-day kind of uh, adventure race experience. So it was a pretty big jump from like a three-day race to a seven-day race. And uh, yeah, I was I had kind of handled the sleep deprivation pretty well before. So I figured I'd just be okay this time. <laughs> Wow. So it we'll, seemed like it was yeah. really successful. Would you go back? Because I think they're gonna they're gonna do another one, right? Yeah, they're talking about doing it in Patagonia, which would be the next uh, the next event. And yeah, we already applied for it, and I think we okay. would get in. I would I would totally do it again. It was such a fun experience, and I feel like our team we just like really worked together uh, really well as a team. And I feel like as the race was progressing, we were getting kind of faster and more dialed as we went and so it'd be just an awesome opportunity to race again but with that experience under our belt right yeah. right what well, was a hard i mean so the i think one of the hardest parts was sleep deprivation you know what were some of the uh activities that you did there i mean i heard them out there was a lot of like mud right yeah and so yeah. The, there was a lot of yeah. hiking with your bike is that right yeah um or, Luckily, some teams make, our team yeah. Was, yeah, our team was one of the first on the mountain bike, on the really muddy mountain bike legs. We were, I think, in maybe second or third place at that moment. And so, and it was just kind of starting to rain. So yeah. we, we, we were able to ride most of, most of the, the, that muddy bike section. And I think the teams behind us, it really got chewed up. And then it started, like, when it rains and it gets muddy and then it stops raining, the mud kind of turns into peanut butter and just sticks to everything. Right. So we kind of we hit the front end of that, and it wasn't as bad uh, for us as it was for some of the other teams. Um, but, yeah, there was also this section where you had to swim upriver for about five miles. Um, and, like, there was no – the jungle was so dense on either side, you couldn't get out. And – you're swimming like with your clothes on and shoes on. So you're swimming super slow and uh, lots of teams kind of got hypothermic in there because the water was, we were up in the, you're up in the mountains of Fiji. So we're up at around 3000 feet of elevation. So the water was pretty cold. I think it was like 52 or 55 degrees, something like that. Um, and we were in there for, I don't know how many hours, hours and hours and hours. Oh, <laughs> so man. that was, 
that was probably one of the other harder sections of the race. We were pretty happy to get out of that river. Oh, that's <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't hear about that. So I haven't watched it yet. But so. oh yeah, wow. And it's so awesome. exhausting to get cold like that too. Like it just takes something else out of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The worst part was like you didn't. I don't know. Whenever I've been really cold in my life before, I've had like. Like you can see the end. You're like, oh, if I just get to the finish line, I can warm up. Or if I just get like yeah. off this mountain or below tree line, I can warm up. But we didn't really know how long the river was, so there was like there was like no there was like no light at the end of the tunnel. It was just like just keep moving forward. And I don't know if I'm going to be in this for another hour or for another six hours. So I think that was mentally like mentally the hardest, just not okay. having that that goal to get to. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Brutal. Wow. And then you had some some open water paddling and maybe sailing as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, totally. We uh, we had to paddle these traditional Fijian boats called kamikaze, and they're pretty cool. Uh, we were supposed to sail them like about 70 or 80K to uh, this island, get off to a track and like sail them back. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was like, one of these rare days where there's no wind, even though we were like in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> so we ended up having to paddle these, these like stupid plywood boats like for hours and hours. Um, so it would have been fun to sail them because we were, <laughs> we were looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, we just had to paddle them and we got to paddle an OC6 on the last day, which is like an outrigger canoe um, out in the ocean. And that was, that was really cool. Those boats are, unbelievable and like it was really choppy like maybe six or seven foot swells and these like massive they're basically canoes with outriggers and they can just they can handle it and uh wow. yeah it was a really cool experience <laughs> that's great that's great yeah. um and then so i mean that must have been an amazing experience you finished second i mean you must have been uh kind of over the moon right i mean could you even yeah. appreciate it when you finish or were you so just exhausted uh yeah i think we i think we appreciated it we were yeah. like we had we got to stay on the island um for about another five days after the race oh, ended well we nice. waited for like the other teams to finish and we waited for um like to do the prize award ceremony and all that stuff so we got to kind of like you know decompress a little bit and hang out with some of the other teams um around we stayed in like this pretty nice resort <laughs> so it was pretty uh pretty cushy to like go from just like basically surviving the jungle to like nice white linen sheets and like all you can eat buffets and stuff like that so it was, oh it must have just um, been heavy yeah did you did you guys go in with the expectation of of like a podium finish because there was like um, 60 I wasn't there 67 teams or something it was, it was yeah. a lot wow wow yeah yeah, there was like 67 teams. I think that's right. And uh, I think we had, I think we knew that if we had a good race and if stuff worked out that we could podium finish. But like, I think it was kind of like a quiet confidence that we kind of kept to ourselves. We were like, like we believed in ourselves, but we didn't, we also had like no, a lot of the other teams we were racing against have been racing together, you know, for the last decade and they've been finishing on the podium at uh adventure race world series and world championships and like they had all these accolades to their team name and we were just kind of like here we are like time to race let's see what let's see what happens and uh and yeah i think we believed in ourselves which was key um but 
no one else did, which almost made it easier because we kind of snuck in under the radar and just got to perform. Oh, I was, su- I was super, as a Canadian, I was super proud that you guys came in with less experience <laughs> and did that. That was super cool. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. Um, so, and the, the one in Patagonia, is that happening in, um, 2021 or is that a little further out? That's a big question mark. Um, yeah. they, I think they were talking about doing it, uh, at the end, like a next fall, 2021, um, September, October yeah. kind of timeline. But uh, I don't know, with with COVID and with things like that, it's kind of uh, up in the air still. So yeah. we're waiting to hear back. Yeah. Um, and so th- what's uh, what's next on, uh, on your agenda? Next on my agenda. Uh, or is that hard to say? I'm- yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hard to say. Like sure. we're just kind of, we've been in this kind of strange holding pattern um, most of the year. Uh, and it was, I guess, pretty frustrating for us because uh, they kept saying that races were going to happen and then, you know, you'd train super hard and then like two or three weeks before the race, it would be canceled. But then they say, oh, the next race, you know, two weeks later is going to happen. So you kind of shift focus. And right. then um, it really wasn't until like August that, we kind of were like, well, I really don't think anything's going to happen right. at this point. Um, and then we got to compete at that Spartan Games event in Vermont at Joe DeSena's farm, which was pretty awesome. Uh, and then we got to go to the Azores and compete at like a, a stage race, trail running race. Uh, and yeah, and that was cool, put on by Solomon. Um, wow. But that was kind of it. I think we're trying to plan some kind of bike packing trip this winter or uh nice. something like that yeah the last few years me and me and some friends have gone on like these winter bike packing trips up uh, up in the north and they've been just a ton of fun and i'm kind of like itching to do another one um it's kind of hard with covid because a lot of the indigenous communities had to completely shut down and isolate themselves yeah. so a right. lot of the routes we ride go th- go through these communities and we've been like raising funds for the communities that we ride through as well but um i don't think we can do that so i might just do some solo adventure or i don't know i don't know too much but i'll yeah. figure something out <laughs> good for you that's great so did you uh you know with pete and i have noticed that you know during during this uh pandemic you know a lot of athletes are, have just become really creative and you know they, maybe they can't compete with other people but they've competed with themselves doing you know lots of everesting um attempts on, on the bike and so it sounds like you did an everesting attempt running i'd love to hear yeah, a little bit and, about and that and when yeah when did you do that and yeah, sort of on a whim that's a that's almost, incredible which is that's crazy. incredible that's incredible <laughs> i think i did that in june i want to say it's it's i think sometime we're in the in the summer um yeah i had always i was kind of thinking like oh everything would be really cool to do um and then I'd kind of like scoped some local hills. I found one that was pretty good over at uh, the ski hill. That's like 10 minutes from my house. And then in the morning, I just kind of woke up and drove over there and uh, started running up and down the mountain. Um, I just kind of had a bag full of like water bottles and stuff at the bottom. And then um, like about three hours into it, I was I was like, I think I'm on like record pace. So I just kind of kept kept going at that same pace and um and i set the record that day for the fastest ever staying on foot which is pretty cool um and that was the fastest non 
unsupported. I forget how it's called. There's like assisted and unassisted right. on foot because some people like like you can run up the mountain and then you can like get driven back down. As like oh, unlike wow. on a bike where the fastest way down is just to bike down. Right. If you're on foot, you could like take a chairlift down and you can get driven down. Or some people even like get people to drive bikes up the hill and then they ride bikes down the hill. So I, yeah, I heard I that somebody did that and had down. a faster time. And then he said, but they cycled down. And I thought, well, what did he, did he have like 40 bikes up there? I didn't really understand how that worked, but, but, um, I know, yeah, it, you're... Seemed, it, it seemed pretty convoluted to me. I was like, oh, I'm just going to make it simple and just run down every time. Well, when I started thinking about the gradient of the hill, like it's a whole different, like when we talk about it in a cycling context, we obviously, the, the gradient's super important and it isn't running too, but you can go, you can actually go quite a bit steeper. If you're on foot, yeah, because there's a point where yeah. you just can't turn pedals anymore, right? So yeah, did totally. did you know that was the hill, or did you yeah, really consider I had a anything good else? Idea. I had a pretty good idea because I was kind of like based on my research, and I knew that like for going uphill, around a thirty percent gradient would be the fastest. But I know I knew for running downhill, like about a twenty percent gradient would be faster and a bit easier on the legs. Yeah. Um, right. So I kind of split the difference, and the hill I was on averaged 26, and uh, it was perfect. It was like really my legs like weren't totally fried by the end, um, but it was steep enough that I could kind of climb at a good rate, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. So. You didn't have anybody there p helping pace you at the end, the last little bit. Yeah. Or... So I had, my wife came over, and oh great, I had that's some great. Friends show up. And they kind of like, I was like out there going up the hill and I was texting. I was like, hey, you want to come by and like <laughs> hang out? Because I'm really bored. <laughs> and so uh, they brought over like, I think they brought over a beer and I was nice. drinking IPA uh, on the last few laps, which was nice. like going down really nice. I bet. And um, had, yeah, some a bit of pacing, but uh, it was yeah. just nice, honestly, having like the feeds at the bottom because it, like, it takes a lot of time to, like like rustle through your stuff and find like your food every lap um not a lot of time but i guess it takes you know 30 to 50 seconds every lap and that kind of sure. adds sure. up a lot so uh that helped near the end yeah Let's how many laps did target. you have to do to to, to uh, hit it i did th i did 36 laps so <sighs> yeah yeah uh, what, what's what ski area was it uh is that sutton so okay um, yeah yeah sutton quebec and yeah. just a steep, you just pick, kind of picked this steep trail and up and down, up and down, or? Yeah, it was, like, right underneath the main chairlift. It wasn't sure. the steepest, it wasn't the, like, shallowest, but there was, yep. like, a nice kind of, like, access road that went straight up um, with good footing. And, yeah, it was about 250 meters of gain per lap. So I just Whoa. hit it. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I think I also read that at the end you were ha having a hard time stomaching stuff, so you were just drinking maple syrup. Yeah, maple syrup and beer was really the ticket. Yeah. At the That's end. like the most <laughs> stereotypical Canadian thing ever. I love it. it That's perfect. great. So yeah. what did your legs feel like at the end? Uh, they were sore, but they weren't like as sore as I kind of thought they would be. Um, I had been doing like a lot of, of training, of kind of uh, like vertical training at that time. Because I really wanted to go to Vermont and run the long trail. Oh, yeah. Try to set like the fastest time on the long trail. It's about 273 miles long, and um, I really thought like it was just it's been a long term goal of mine to like run that trail, and I, it's so close to me now. We're we're like 
we're like maybe eight miles from the terminus, the northern terminus, but right. we oh, couldn't wow. cross wow. in. We couldn't cross into the U.S. because of the like the border shutdown. And I kept they kept extending the shutdown, so I would like I was like, oh, I'm gonna do it in in like May, and right. then they extended the shutdown to June, and I was like, all right, June 21st, I'm gonna do this, and then they extended it again, and I was kind of like, ugh, okay, well, what can I do instead? So I just <clears throat> went and Everest did, and so yeah, the my legs were tired for sure. They were pretty beat up, but uh, they weren't like totally wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, Ver in Vermont, um, what what is the FKT on that on that trail? Uh, I think it's about it's like three days, twenty three hours or something. It's just under four days long, um, or maybe maybe it's four days, twenty three. It's like it's like three or four days, something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Some, and some guy ran it this year. Okay. He did, a, he did a pretty good time. Yeah. And you've got your eye on miles. it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I, I love it. I would do that for forever. I love, I love the it. terrain out here and I love like the technical trails and, um, and I would do it unsupported, which like is a really exciting style for me because you're, you carry all your own food and especially like FKTs are really cool, but they also like, if you ask like 10 people to follow you along, around with a van for five days it's just like it's just a massive commitment for all these other people and like just kind of like feel like i could just go do it myself and yeah <laughs> and it's a bit stressful too right you got to line up all these people and just everything has to work perfect and everybody has to be you know communication has to be perfect right and i i like yeah. I, I like uh, unsupported <laughs> i like i like what you're doing that's great. Yeah. So exactly. do you do you have any other uh, kind of? I'm I'm sure you have some, a few other uh, bucket list adventures you want to do. Yeah. I mean, long long trail would be yeah. sweet, right? What else? Long what trail else? Would I'm be sweet. I really yeah. want to go after the Colorado Trail record as well. I think. So. Really. On, on bike. On bike. Nice. On mountain bikes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd be it'd be just a ton of fun, and it's like. It seems like such a cool route and such a cool trail. And uh, I think with my experience with like sleep deprivation and with mountain bike racing and stuff like that, I would just be kind of like ready for it. So, yeah. Right. What's uh, yeah, what's not. what's a record on that? Uh, it's it's three days, seventeen hours. Yeah. Wow. Didn't we had yeah. Payson McKelvin on? He tried to break it, but he broke himself more than the record. Right. Um, <laughs> trying. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. That's a crazy one, especially like there's and there's yeah. some, you know pro mountain bikers who are going after that thing, and so that is yeah. a like the margins on that trail are really sharp now, right? Totally, yeah. The guy who has has it or had it, uh, Jesse Jackamite. He's like a he's the, he's from Ontario, um, oh, cool. Canadian guy who now lives in Colorado. So it's kind of like a a Canadian link there, I guess. And uh, yeah, I think it'd be awesome and just like a totally immersive experience. I think which is kind of, you know, one of the things I'm after. Yeah. And so what do you, you tackle something like that probably in July or August? Yeah, I think you'd have to do it in August just because okay. it gets pretty it's, high in the snow patches. Yeah. Kind of lingers. <laughs> right. You need a clear trail and you need to not freeze to death at night. Yeah. Yeah. There's not, there's like a pretty short, short window uh, out in Colorado for like those, those long mountain adventures. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, incredible. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Incredible. <laughs> any uh, anything else? Any other bucket list um, adventures? I'm sure there's one more. Oh, oh yeah. There's. Or, I don't know. There's just so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, what else? I was like, uh, yeah, let's see. What's another bucket list adventure? Uh, it's okay. You I, can we're also thinking keep of, We're thinking oh, of, <laughs> we're thinking of riding around, um, around James Bay. Um, maybe like next winter, me and some friends, uh, which would be pretty cool. Cause we've ridden right. like the coastline and we rode, uh, we rode the trans taiga, which is like a, a road in Quebec this, this summer we bike packed that. And then, uh, it'd be really cool to kind of like make a link up in the winter. So ride across James Bay, which is about 230 kilometers across, but there's a lot of polar bears there. So like, you have to be really careful right. and then yeah. ride down and then ride back up along the uh, Ontario coastline. So it'd be like maybe 1200, 1300 kilometers on fat bikes unsupported. Oh. It'd be a, a pretty uh, pretty cool trip, I think. And that would kind of be like a really cool combination of like the other trips we've done and the other uh, like the experiences we've had, um, putting it all together. Like we've been super yeah. fortunate to have some pretty incredible athletes on, but most of them are either specialized in running or they're specialized in cycling. Like I think it's, right. I think you're on a very short list of people who could realistically go after an FKT on a bike or on foot, like. How do you, oh, yeah. from, just from a yeah, training perspective, that, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, I think that those two, um, like Tyler runs and bikes and I run and bike. And I think that they're complementary to one another to a point. But then if you right. want to be like elite, you usually need to really focus on one. Like how, are you just physiologically blessed or have you, have you cracked some code where you can do both <laughs> yeah. at such a high yeah. level? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Uh, I think that like, if I were to. I think that if you want to run really fast on the road, it's quite different from cycling. Like if you right. want to go and run a fast marathon or a fast 10 K or something, um, like there's a lot of specificity and a lot of kind of, uh, economy that you have to develop and you have to really hone right. in. But for running in the mountains, it's really similar to running to like riding a bike, especially if you're standing, like running up a 30% grade is so similar to like to biking standing up when you're right. it's like the muscle recruitment and all of that is really similar. Um, so I guess I kind of like use that fact to kind of marry the two. And then, um, yeah. And then the other thing is like mountain biking is really similar to downhill running because you have to like read the train, you have to read the rocks and the trail and you have to kind of have an element of flow to run fast on downhill trails. So I think there are, a number of similarities and a number of like aspects that you can kind of, uh, you know, go off of, but there's definitely some like contradictory, um, you know, physiology going on there too. So I just, uh, I guess if I have a big like cycling goal, I would just do more cycling. And if I have a big running goal, I would do more running, but always, always keeping like a baseline of, of either or if that right. makes sense. That's, yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, so yeah. Uh, what about, so you've done, you started out, uh, after you got into, you got into mountain biking, then you got into ultra run, ultra cycling, then ultra running, I think you said. Um, yeah. So you did, did some big competitions in ultra running. Yeah. I, I raced the, um, like a bunch of more local stuff and then some of the North face endurance challenge races. Oh, I won yeah. uh, a few of those events and, um, I found with ultra running, I was like, it was really frustrating because a lot of the, a lot of the races I wanted to do had like really convoluted, like 
processes to get into. So right. like you would, yeah. I would want to do something like Western States or like UTMB, but you have to do like seven other races and getting points in order to like go race them. So I was always kind of like uh, going towards races that I could just enter and then race. Um, and I guess that like while I was doing that, I kind of found obstacle racing where uh, like some of the longer, harder races, like they have um, a few 24 hour obstacle races. Uh, you can just enter and then you can race. And that really appealed to me because it seemed like less elitist and less, uh, yeah. yeah, less of a barrier to entry. Okay. Wow. So that's your, is that your primary, primary focus now is uh, obstacle racing? Or yeah, kind of, I think oh. so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're obviously yeah. really good at it, right? And, um, <laughs> you know, you might as well yeah, focus on that. Yeah. And I so think, did you, yeah, you start, think, oh, go, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that for me, I kind of found, um, like obstacle racing and it just kind of really worked well for myself and for, uh, my body type because I was always just a bit stronger of a guy and had like always carried a bit more muscle than some of the people I would race against. And so, um, like if you're, if you're biking or you're running, it's kind of like a disadvantage, but when you're obstacle racing and you can use that like to an advantage on top of like you're running, then it was kind of, it was kind of like a, a, a two stage effect for me. And, uh, yeah, it just really worked out. Yeah. And it's a pretty cool community as well out here. Yeah. Yeah. The, the OCR community is awesome. Everyone's really kind of supportive and yeah. welcoming and, uh, yeah, it's great. Be nice to someday see that in the Olympics. Yeah. They've been like trying to get, uh, get it into the Olympics for a little while. I know that's one of Joe DeSena's, um, kind of goals. Is and it? I think it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense to me to have it as an Olympic sport because I think it's, kind of like one of the most like original like human athletic endeavors because oh, yeah. like back in the age of cave uh, age of cavemen people were like running through the woods not on tracks but like just through the woods on paths and like jumping over logs and trees and like having to you know chase down animals and things like that and a lot of the requirements in obstacle racing are really similar to that it's like off off trail technical running it's carrying things it's jumping over walls it's jumping over roots and logs and um so like it's almost like the original sport of a, of of humanity so i'm like well yeah. why not have it in in the olympics if it's like so true to to the roots of like what humans were required to do in order to survive um because like as cool as it is to run like a really fast forward a meter time on a track like no, there was no surfaces like that in the world um, back when people were kind of <laughs> coming out of the caves and <laughs> creating fire. And the same thing with, you know, almost any, every sport in, in the Olympics, like uh, basketball or um, hockey, like certainly people weren't shopping skates to their feet and uh, chasing pucks around. So yeah, exactly. That's like, that's like my argument for having it in, but also it's, it's, I think it's uh there's definitely a few steps that will be required before it makes it there. I also think from a, from a, um, just a, a realistic standpoint that they for the Olympics to survive and evolve and to stay relevant, they, they, they people need to want to watch it and it's a fun sport to watch. And I think that Man. I hope they consider that in it too. Like it's, it's Absolutely. a lot more yeah. interesting to watch for as a spectator 
Um, and they can, and with the way we have drones and stuff, like they could really produce that in a really, really cool way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that might be one of the best events to watch, really. Totally. You know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that uh, they're trying to. So a lot, a lot of the races that I do are um, they'll be kind of in the woods a lot. They'll take they'll have them at ski resorts where we go up and down um, the mountain, and then we have obstacles, and then you kind of go back up and down the mountain, and that's a lot of fun to race, but it's kind of hard to produce from a, a filming perspective. So now what they're trying to do is uh, kind of condense it into like a shorter like lap format with more obstacles and less time where you're just running by yourself in the woods for 20 minutes. And I think that format could be really exciting to watch um, and easier to produce, like you said, with drones and with more action and more passing. And maybe I'm good at carrying something. So I get a bit of ground there, but this other guy's a really fast 5k runner. So he catches me in the run and it's like different strengths and um, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody's going to get it done, it's Joe DeSena. <laughs> yeah yeah he's, he's always working like, on something yeah that's very cool so in obstacle racing what would you say your biggest strength is biggest strength and then also biggest weakness you know something what are you working on like what it uh is I that hard to say biggest, yeah i mean i think my biggest strength is um probably a few different things uh, pretty good i'm really good at the obstacles like going through them fast uh, I'm good at like transitioning from the run to the obstacles and I'm really good at any of the strength stuff like you have to carry a sandbag or um, do something like that. There's an obstacle where you have to pull a rope that's, that's like on a pulley attached to a weight and I'm really good at that like that obstacle for instance and then I'd say just like pure flat flat ground running is probably my weakness like I'm good at going up the hill I'm good at going down the hill <laughs> but if it's just like a long flat section then like one of the guys we race against uh he's got like a 1345 pb in the 5k and he's like you hit wow. you hit like That's a flat fast. section of, of of road and he's like he's just smoking fast um so you have to kind of like use your uh your advantages i'd say another advantage or strength of mine would just be like racing tactics i think from just racing for so long i i actually like employ tactics and employ like attacks and like times to like go hard or times to sit in things like that. Whereas a lot of the people I race against maybe um, came from a background where there's less tactics in their sport or uh, they just don't know. So they kind of race, race dumb, I guess. I yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. Like you can do so much with that. If you're, if you kind of, you know, race smart and use your advantages in like a way that helps you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say another strength is resilience. You have a lot of resilience. Right. So that's a big <laughs> that's a big one for you. Yeah, that that one helps too. <laughs> yeah, I understand the appeal of the cross training though, that you just need to stay really highly functionally fit year round and yeah. to be able to jump into these things, right? Yeah. Um it's a lot of fun and like I guess for me, uh I try I I like cross training, but like cross training outside. And um, I'm not a big fan of like CrossFit or like doing too much, uh, too much lifting, that kind of stuff. But I love, you know, I love being outside and I love riding my bike and I love, uh, I don't know, just like chopping wood in the back or things like that that are uh, using your body and um, 
yeah being outside a lot old-fashioned hard work (laughs) yeah like cue cue the rocky montage yeah totally (laughs) what um so how do you how do you what kind of things do you do to stay fit for that like what what would you recommend to somebody who wants to like try an obstacle race uh Uh, yeah i'd actually the biggest thing i would say if someone wants to try an obstacle race is just to straight up go try it because there's um because depending on your background and stuff some some people will like go try an obstacle race and they'll have no trouble with the obstacles but maybe they'll have trouble with the running or maybe they'll have trouble with the trail running or things like that and you but you don't really know until you try it um so i'd say after you try it then you can kind of make a plan of attack and say oh I'm, oh, I'm actually really good at the running, but I need to work on the obstacles. So maybe I should start doing more pull-ups and start doing um, work on my grip strength and start doing things where I'm working on my uh, like ability to be light on my feet and blow through obstacles faster, things like that. Or, uh, But yeah, just um, I'd say overarching, my biggest recommendation is just to like go run trails, go run technical trails and that's that's huge a lot of people just stick to running on roads and uh and the races mostly happen on trails and they're usually pretty technical so if you can't handle that and you can't handle the steep downhills and stuff like that then you're gonna get kind of pretty shut out the back right yeah if you're the average (laughs) like flat road runner you got to start right getting off the road yeah exactly (laughs) and then and then what do you do outside do you have like do you have like a like a jungle gym kind of thing set up to train on yeah i've got well i've got stuff kind of built in the woods around around my house you kind of live just in a forest so there's just trails and woods and hills all over the place and i've got some some obstacles built out back and usually when i get back from a run i'll just kind of do them a few times or something like that um nothing too serious just to kind of like work on repetition and comfort of that but uh but yeah it's pretty it's pretty hard to like replicate racing, I guess, because you're, you, it, you hit the obstacles like so maxed out and then you have to do them fast and efficiently. And it's hard to like kind of practice that in training. So I guess racing is the best training in a way, just like a lot of sports. Right. Yeah. And these start like at a, like pretty short and they can go up to like a 24 hour type of event. Yeah, exactly. Like the shortest races are about three or four kilometers long and um, the longest races are 24 hour events. Um, and the 24 hour events are like a lap format. So you do right. usually like five mile, five mile laps over and over. Um, so you hit 24 hours. So yeah, pretty big, uh, pretty big variation in, in length, I guess. Um, there. Incredible. I, I really like yeah. the 24 hour races. Um, I've never lost, never lost a race over eight hours or over like six hours, I think. So that's, really, wow. that's crazy. The longer stuff, the longer stuff kind of suits me, I guess. Just kind of getting in the rhythm of it. Good for you, man. Uh, amazing. Wow. <laughs> and when you're doing like, like unicycle trials, you had, you know, how do you imagine you're ever going to turn into this? Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a bit, a bit funny. I think, like doing unicycle trials and I used to ride bike some bike trials as well. I think you kind of learn how to like how obstacles work and how like if you hit a, a block of wood at a certain like force, how it's going to move and stuff. And I think that that like knowledge helps me um, with my racing now. So it's kind of like a really weird, uh, <laughs> really weird way of coming, convoluted way of coming about it. But uh, I think it's helpful. 
It probably yeah, gave you an incredible sense of balance, though. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And there are sometimes there are like uh, slack line obstacles, um, which are pretty tricky and usually pretty good at those ones. I bet. I bet. So is this uh, <laughs> is this a full time job for you, Ryan? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I was yeah, hoping you were going to say yes. Full time job. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. I worked as an engineer. I went to school for engineering, and I worked as an nice. engineer for a few years. But then, uh, just with the amount of training and travel, it was like I was like racing every other week and traveling all over North America to race. And it was just I was kind of like, this is this is just too much. So um, yeah. yeah, I've been doing it full time for I think about seven years now or something. That's, yeah, so it's been awesome. awesome. So you found yeah. some good sponsors along the way, some good support networks. Good sponsors, yeah. Good. I mean, normally good prize money, except for this year. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been wonderful, kind of living the the pro athlete lifestyle, I guess, and making that your full time gig. Good yeah. for you, man. That's amazing. That's <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, we should talk about some of your sponsors just to give them a little. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'd say my biggest sponsor is a company called Human, and they great. make like a a beet a beet powder. Um, that helps with like endurance performance and, uh, they've been awesome. Um, are they out of Idaho? Athletic... Oh, sorry. Austin, awesome. Okay, oh, great. Sorry. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And they're really big in the medical industry as well. So they, uh, a lot, they, like if people have heart, heart issues, um, or, uh, heart surgery, a lot of times doctors will recommend their product to kind of help them, um, with their heart function. So it's kind of cool to use like a product like that. That's so backed in science, but also it's like a real, like you're just basically eating beets. So it's yeah, uh, yeah. pretty healthy. Um, and then we're actually, I keep saying we, it's, uh, my wife is also a full-time uh, athlete. So a lot of our kind of sponsors are very similar. Um, That's great. But yeah, we're, we're supported by Athletic Brewing. Um, and they actually just launched in Canada today, which is pretty cool. And they're like oh, a non-alcoholic beer company. Wow. And um yeah, I love their stuff. It's really great. Uh, not only for like just I, I I do drink alcoholic beer, but I also like drinking non-alcoholic beer as sure, well. Sure. It's a bit uh, yeah, and sometimes like, you know you have a normal beer and then the evening's still going on, so you have a, a non-alcoholic beer. It's pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah. We're also supported by DJ Shoes. They're a uh, a shoe company, and they make yeah. kind of like the most awesome kind of grippiest. Uh, shoes that work really well for obstacle racing um and uh, i feel like i'm forgetting some people um oh, it's... yeah well <laughs> we'll leave it there for now but yeah um yeah those are kind of like the big big people who support us that's great yeah. and um how's your wife doing it's Lindsay, right yeah yeah Lindsay. she's awesome she's uh she's riding zwift as we speak um okay. she's, <laughs> awesome uh, <laughs> Yeah, she's she's good. She's uh, yeah. I think she's found the uh, kind of pandemic a little easier than I have because she kind of like she really likes baking and she likes kind of being at home and she loves training and stuff. But um, she's like really appreciated the time at home that it's provided. And I'm kind of like, oh, let's get back out there and compete. So, um, but yeah, she's doing well. And uh, yeah, she's a she's a she's a little beast. It's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. been a hard time to navigate, and everybody's dealing with it differently. But it's pretty cool that yeah. you have a partner like that that you can that, at least bunker down with and train. 
Yeah, totally train with and go out on trail runs together. And um, yeah, it's wicked. Well, we're pretty excited to follow along on your yeah. on your upcoming adventures. I'm sure. I think, um, <laughs> I you know, I think 2021 will start to open up towards the end of it as the vaccine gets more widely distributed, and hopefully, there's some augmented ways that we're able to you know get together and race and have our communities back together, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, I think for me, it's been like a really, it's been a really. Like it's been hard year, but it's also been a really interesting and kind of cool year because I've kind of I've learned a lot about uh, about myself and about my training and about motivations and about kind of uh, I've learned that like for instance I find that when I'm normally not like in my normal kind of year I would go after you know a few multi day uh, FKTs or efforts or bigger events like that and that um, I found that staying consistent in my training and staying like really focused which has like been a byproduct of of the pandemic has really kind of helped um my all-around fitness and performance so it's kind of like it's been a blessing in disguise in you know in a lot of ways and i think that uh hopefully everybody can find some golden nuggets from from the pandemic and from you know (laughs) life the way we have it now well put so where can people follow along with you? Where's the best way to, to follow what Ryan's doing? Yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram at Ryan Atkins Diet, and that's that's just basically it. Just jump on awesome. there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it was awesome. a real honor to have you on our podcast, and uh, you know, thanks yeah. for taking the ta- take, take, taking the time. We well, really uh, appreciate it. It was, it was an honor for me. Ah. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Well, yeah, thanks a lot. We that look forward to yeah following along in your career and, and uh, Lindsay's career. And yeah, we're we'll be cheering. Pete will be cheering from you in uh, Calgary. I'll be I'm here in Missoula, Montana, and yeah, we'll be following along. And hopefully, yeah, you can get to some competitions this this next year. Yeah. Thanks a lot, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah we hope we get to stay in touch. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Take nice care. to meet you. Bye. Another big shout out to Ryan Atkins for joining us. Uh, Absolutely awesome to have him on the podcast. Thank you everybody for listening. We have some other great conversations already recorded and they will be launching soon. Uh, Thank you everybody. Take care of yourselves and others. Uh, Please subscribe if you are able. Like, share, comment on posts on social media. We'd love to interact from you. Reach out to us at adventureaudiopodcast.gmail.com or check out adventureaudiopodcast.com for any other content. Uh, Thanks again, and we will be back soon.